I'm Paul Sullivan, your host on the Company of Dads podcast, where we explore the sweet, sublime, strange, and silly aspects of being a lead dad in a world where men often feel they have to hide or at least not talk about their parenting role. I know this from firsthand experience as a lead dad to my three girls, three dogs, three cats, and somewhat remarkably, three fish who are still alive. I did this all while managing my career and striving to be an above average husband. One thing I know for sure about being a lead dad is it's not a normal role. You're not doing what dads have traditionally done, going to work and leaving the parenting to mom or someone else, nor are you always welcome into the world where moms are the primary caregivers. But here at the Company of Dads, our goal is to shake all that off and to focus on what really matters, family, friendship, finance, and fun. Today, my guest is Dave Andrews. After studying finance at the University of Ottawa, Dave found that what he really wanted to do was be a pilot. So he joined the Royal Canadian Air Force, where his airtime ranged from transporting the prime minister to flying military operations and supporting humanitarian aid missions. He then went on to fly for Air Canada, where he flew Boeing's 737 MAX in America, Europe, and the Pacific. Today, Dave is a lead dad, a role he took on during COVID. He works for Transport Canada, the Canadian equivalent of the FAA in the US, and has taken on the primary parent role to his toddler while his wife works as a physician. Welcome, Dave, to the Company of Dads podcast. Hey, thanks, Paul. I appreciate you having me here. Um, it's uh, it was it's nice to connect with you, and uh, everything you spoke about in your intro was uh, was true. That's uh, always a good so start. Appreciate it. Yeah, it's good. It's good. Um, so, Dave, you and I met when when uh, the final story I wrote ran in the New York Times, and you emailed me. And and over the past you know several months, we've been going back and forth. And I'm just I'm really grateful that you've joined me today because I think you got a great story. Thanks, um, man. If it's okay with you, uh, you know, let, let's skip over the finance degree, okay, and get right yeah. to the exciting part. You know, <laughs> I agree. Let's, uh, <laughs> this is four years of yeah. Let's get after it. Yeah. Let's, get, let's, <laughs> on, let's let's get right to the Royal Canadian Air Force. I mean, that yeah, is amazing. Um, did you always want to fly as a kid? No, you know what? I um, yeah, it was you know. Uh, growing up in the 80s, my parents let me watch Top Gun. So that oh, kind of I, lo I love Top Gun. So my right? daughter loves it, too. <laughs> it's good. It's good. Um, so that was always in the back of my mind. But no, I didn't. I, um, you know, uh, my family was always education was always important. So um, I decided to go to school and do a finance degree. Didn't really love it. Wasn't a passion. Kind of remembered that I liked Top Gun. So I thought I'd give the Air Force a go. Um, you know, made it through training, didn't, didn't go the fighter pilot route, ended up being um, a transport pilot, um, which was awesome. It let me see the world. So uh, flew around the world for seven years with the Air Force, uh, literally flew around the world. It was great, uh, great friends, great mentors, great bosses, great experiences. Um, and then I had to make a decision. Do I stay? Do I go? I left, uh, went to work it. in industry. Hang oh, on. Right. We, we got to yeah, go yeah. more. We got to go more. Okay. The Air Force All right. You, ah, yeah. yeah, there'll be, yeah. There'll be sure. plenty of time to talk about Boeing. Uh, the yeah, yeah, Mac. yeah. But yeah. I mean, when you say, I mean, how many countries did you go to? Yeah. I mean, all the continents except for Antarctica. So we, we went uh, down to Southern Argentina, Africa. So I know Argentina isn't a continent, but South America, the Southern tip of South America, throughout Africa, Europe. Uh, Asia, throughout the Pacific, uh, all throughout the states, you know, uh, everybody, uh, when we were operating through through the continental US uh, was fantastic to us. So, you know, everywhere, everywhere. 
What were the um, what were the what were some of the most memorable missions? Like some of the most Yeah, you know what? The challenging ones. I guess the challenging ones when you're operating with a friend, you know, and that was what was great about the Air Force for me is that um it was small, our unit was small, and I got to go and and work in stressful situations with some of my best friends. Um, you know, an experience you don't have in high school or you don't have in in university or college. So yeah, you know, operating in those challenging environments um with with passengers who have or clients who have tight timetables and important meetings or equipment and individuals who have to get to to certain places uh, for certain reasons so yeah the challenge of 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 working that out and not coming home and sleeping in your own bed and having those creature comforts at home so it was great it was it was a lot of fun when you and I know that's very vague. <laughs> I know. It's a, uh, it's, yeah. You know what I want. I, I want. I know more, what you want. You know, I know what you want. Quick runway, touch and go. Yeah, uh, yeah. You're not allowed to say. Is that it? Ah, it's not that. It's just sometimes those are those are stories for twenty or thirty years down the road, right? You know. Um, I have to ask. You know, in, in the United States, when the president yeah. is on that Boeing, it is becomes Air Force One. When you fly the Prime Minister, do you have a certain call signal? Yeah, yeah, it's a great question. Yeah, it's a call signs um, can force one, so very similar. But uh, the Canadian Air Force uses, and this is open source, it uses a can force call sign. So um, the orders drive uh, the Prime Minister as uh, Can Force One. So yeah, it's interesting. You know, as a young guy in my twenties, being able to operate with that call sign was a lot of fun. Um, and I'm, when you I'm take get, a step getting, back, yeah. I'm getting chills. I'm getting chills. Yeah, it's it's listening to yeah. you tell that. I mean, that is so cool. Like you're you're you know coming in for a landing, and you're like you know calling the tower, and you're like it's Can Force One. Yeah. Yeah, it's fun. And again, it's it's different. Um, yeah, it's good. I mean, even operating down into the DC area. So um uh into joint base andrews you know uh, operating in there with can force one call sign uh for uh leaders summits really interesting work um and you know when you take a step back and as you age you become wiser i think and you don't realize um you know at the time when you're young the pressure and the implications of the job you have uh, you know and you're just one cog in the wheel you know, I'm just a guy that goes to work and drives a bus with wings, right? It, you know, you, you're you're part <laughs> of the team. No, the prime really. minister. You're not no, just, but you're you know. part of the team. No, no, but you know, there's there's so many pieces here that it's not just me. But yeah, you know, looking back, it was it was really interesting work. Um, and uh, yeah, it was it was a great chapter, right? Um, and again, you know, maybe I'll highlight the one point. And yeah, it was cool the people in the back and. And the things and the places, but what was important to me was my friendship, which I still have. You know, one of the guys I um, uh, I flew with uh, on squadron stood up at my wedding, and those are friendships and that I'll take with me forever. And they're they're great, you know, uh, great bros. Uh, you know, at the time it was all men at the squadron, but great people that you know you go in and out of each other's lives. You know, it doesn't have to be every week, every month. It's 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 yearly, but you just you reconnect because you have that common experience. And I'm sure that translates across, you know, any job, any experience. You know, it's like you and your world with journalism. You can reconnect with someone from a decade ago and it's like it was yesterday. Um so it's yeah, it was good. Um it was just good times, but the people that the people that I got to work with versus the people in the back was was that what I really took away from those experiences. I don't want to come across as too much of a fanboy here, but did you have? Did you also get like a cool name yourself? Like no, Maverick that's a, that's a no, no, that's no, that's a fighter pilot thing, and um, you know that's a that's a I respect that world. I never I never went down that route, um, uh, 
but uh, no, Dave, Dave was it. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, you know, I'm sure if there are, are uh, guys or girls from the transport world listening to this or from the non-fighter pilot world, you know, uh, they'll know what I'm talking about, but that's, uh, I think that's a, a tradition uh, from a different, um, from a different world, which I'm not a part of. So yeah. what do you think about, you know, uh, when I introduce you, there's been, really, it was a range of, of flights that you were, were on, you know, from, again, transporting the prime minister to a humanitarian aid mission. Who, who yeah. choose that for you? How would you know? Yeah. Like, okay, it's Monday. This is what I'm going to do today. Well, you don't, we, okay. you know, we day to day and that that's, that was what was hard about that, that world. And if, if people are listening who are living in that world, um, they'll understand that struggle. It's uh, it's a bit exhausting, you know. It's 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 literally twenty four seven, and you don't know um, where you're going to be tomorrow. And I and I that sounds very romantic, um, and it's it is, but it's not after a couple of years. Um, but yeah, it's it's uh, you don't know, and it just comes down in terms of high level who has to go where and what are the priorities. So um, yeah, that that was a bit uh, tiring. You know, I did that for seven years. Um, and not knowing where you're going to be tomorrow, or if you're going to be home, or if you're going to be home for a birthday, or can I go out for dinner on the weekend? I don't know. Um, so that answer kind of was one of the reasons that drove me to sort of more stability in industry. And here we are. Um, yeah, but yeah, se- yeah, se- yeah. segue into that. Segue into the decision, you know, after what, seven years, I think you said. Yeah, so to, seven years know, to go to Air Canada to, to yeah. make the transition. Yeah, it was great. I mean, I, again, uh, you know, it, my contract was coming due. And, and you have to make a decision. And, um, and I wanted, you know, I was still in my early 30s, I didn't have a family yet, I, I wanted to still operate airplanes, you know, that's, that's what I love to do. I loved, you know, executing on a plan and, and coming home and, and feeling like you've accomplished something in that day, right? Uh, so transition to Air Canada, I went through the application process, which was nerve wracking, you know, it's like any job interview process, nothing's a guarantee. Um, so um, I got hired on and, and went through their indoctrination program and, and ended up on the 737 MAX, which was pretty neat. Um, you know, new machine in general, uh, new machine to the airline, uh, got to go through their training system, training programs. Uh, it was really great. And, and the network that it was flying was was a lot of fun, you know, as a narrow body, uh, sort of what is typically a transcontinental jet that stays stays in sort of North America, continental US, Caribbean, we were operating over to London Heathrow, um, over the North Atlantic, we were operating to uh, Maui, uh, to Oahu. So that was really fun. You know, my first uh, Christmas at the airline, I was, uh, I did three Mauis in a London in a 20 day span. So, wow. uh, you know, four day pairing home for a day, four day pairing home for a day. Um, but yeah, it was tiring, right? <laughs> yeah, but I, I mean, come on. With, with all yeah. due respect, with all due respect to the the prime minister flying to Hawaii uh, and getting a layover, that that sounds pretty nice. That's good, no complaints, right? Um, and again, just to reiter- re- reiterate, you know, I was the first officer in that world, so it was, um, yeah, it was a lot of fun. It, it it was a lot of fun, and another really interesting chapter. And uh, I'm not sure if I've closed the book on that one yet, but. Um, uh, life's good as it is uh, right now in terms of having flexibility to to be a dad. For any uh, sort of airplane enthusiasts listening to this, you know, the, the Boeing 737 MAX had such great promise when it came out and it, it was a really bumpy rollout. They had all, all kinds of issues with the mechanics, a couple of them. What was, when you were, would you read those news reports and hear the struggles that people were having with that particular aircraft? What was your own 
you know, personal uh, experience with the 737 Max? Yeah, I mean, I, I trust in, uh, I trusted in the regulator. I trusted in the company and the decisions they were making. So, um, I don't think you're going to get a lot out of me. I tend to stay in in lane and scope uh, in terms of opinions. Um, so, yeah, you know, it, it, it was it was stressful times. No one knew what was happening um, at at my level. You know, day to day, minute to minute. Um, but I, I think uh, as an employee, my company treated me well, um, kept me in the loop. Uh, like management kept us in the loop. So I, I don't really have too much to say about Fair enough. Yeah, um, the Boeing or the Max other than, you know, I enjoyed, I enjoyed my time on it and I enjoyed flying it. And it, it's pretty cool to see, you know, 737 Max in the logbook, right? It's a good story. Yeah. Yeah. And, and touching you know? down in Hawaii or touching down in London. Uh, yeah. It's, it's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's fun, right? It's fun. It's good times. Yeah. Yeah. I guess there's no hazing where you had to fly to some like regional airport uh, in Canada. Wow. Well, like, yeah. Down to, like you know, Kansas City or something like that. I'd say, yeah. You know, I'd say I was lucky in the past, um, you know, and I uh, luck and hard work, but, you know, lucky in the path that I chose and that I was able to go on in terms of going to the Air Force and then going to a, a major Canadian airline. Um, not everybody has that path. A lot of people have to go uh, fly up north. Um, you know, you, you work your way through the different carriers. But but I'd say it was I was very lucky with with the experience I had in aviation and continue to have in aviation. Yeah. Now we're going to talk about we're here to talk about you being a lead dad. But yeah. between between flying a plane and being a lead dad, uh, you must have met your wife. So where where did were you still a, a pilot when you met, or when did no, you actually guys we met meet? back at, we met back in high school. So met back oh, in wow. high school. So yeah, the whole we time were... you were flying in the in the Royal Canadian yeah. Air Force, you were together. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. She How was going through. Oh, that's a great question. Let me run the numbers. Just about seven years, but we've been together. You know, close to twenty. So yeah. since our late teens. So yeah. So we we were together through university, through through her med school, through my Air Force training. So lots of change, lots of struggle, but um, she's a, a pretty awesome woman. I'm, uh, I know everybody says they're lucky, but uh, you know when you're having conversations with people you don't know, you know who aren't your family or your close friends, you really you really think about how lucky you are to have a partner in, in this game, like uh, like I do. So I'm yeah. I'm just a shout out to my wife. <laughs> I love it. Go ahead. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. And and so so she was there with you as you're flying all over the world. But of course you're you know you're kind of you're young kids and like you said she's in, she's in medical school. You're flying around. Um, yeah. But at what point does it seem like okay you know maybe we need to make a, a shift here? Is it when your your son is born or to talk to me about? Yeah, the yeah. The big you know I I left the Air Force going to the airlines thinking I wanted to fly fly forever. And then you know I think. Uh, my role in this in this partnership, uh, my awareness of what I my role had to be really stemmed from COVID and the birth of my son. So, you know, uh, up in Canada, a lot a lot shut down. Um, you know, the hospitals were you know the birth wasn't what we expected in terms of my role in it. Uh, and in ter- uh, so that that you know I don't want to say disappointing because he's healthy, um, he's happy. That's all that matters, but not what you expected, right? Uh, and then, and then the industry took a bit of a downturn and, and I really had to try and figure out, um, how was I going to be a father because I wanted to play a role and, and support, um, uh, my wife, my family, my child, but, but stay in aviation. So I actually, um, 
uh, took a leave from the company from Air Canada, went back to the Air Force, uh, worked some project work uh, as a reservist in the Air Force. And then I found an opportunity with Transport Canada, uh, a friend um, sent me uh, a job posting and I applied and interviewed and, and, and I'm grateful to have, uh, had that opportunity and, and to have the opportunity to work with the organization I'm working at now. So, so it was, it's multifaceted to, to come back to your question. It's, it's COVID and, and my son actually being my son and not just, you know, the bean, uh, right. So, it, yeah, a bit of a struggle to make that change. Uh, you know, you have these, these romantic ideas of what you want to do for your career, your life, but then things change and you have to roll with that change. And I think with the support of my wife, um, she helped me sort of change roles from being a person who was focused on that operational level of work to, to build out the skill set and, and go back to my finance degree and build out those skill sets and, and to be able to play a bigger role in, in, in a different organization. Uh, but again, you know, what does the future hold? I, I'm, I, I don't know. We'll see, right. you know, we'll see, we'll see how this folds out. We'll see, you know, does our family get bigger? Um, yeah, it's multifaceted, but to be able to, again, uh, I know I'm lucky, but to be able to build on skill sets that the Air Force gave me and my, my undergraduate degree gave me, I'm grateful for that and opportunity. Yeah. I mean, so. you pivoted, you pivoted, but you pivoted within your, your field. You're still in aviation. You're just doing something. Like yeah. Um, aviation and, and, you know, uh, shout out to, to the air force is they, they really build, a build a well-rounded individual. You know, you really have time to think about the skills, um, that, and the awareness and the responsibility they gave you. Um, so that I think has really helped, uh, as an individual who's, who's, who's tried to pivot away from ops into, into a bigger, uh, bigger sort of broader job. Yeah. Uh, not, not on the flight deck. Right. Sure. Yeah. Let's get a little little granular here because this yeah. is, I think, the pivot is something that uh, a lot of listeners might really uh, appreciate hearing about. So your son is 20 months, right? Is that correct? Yes. Yeah, that's so, correct. So uh, let me do some uh, simple uh, ninth grade uh, arithmetic here. Your wife's pregnant for more or less nine months. That's 29 months. Yeah. At what yeah. point in that, you know, sort of two and a half year period, do, do the two of you start having the conversation about, huh, how are we going to, what are we going to do when... Our, our son is born. Who who is going to be the lead dad? Whose career? Is yeah. Who, so that's um, that's a great question, Paul. And um, you know, all along the plan was for me to be gone eighteen days a month. So from day one through pregnancy up until you know Will came into our lives, um, the plan was for me to to be gone and be a pilot and, and live that world. So we we planned based on that in terms of parental uh parental leave which is different up here um and and child care etc cetera, etc cetera. so so really the pivot came with covid and me realizing my responsibilities and realizing so realizing that you know it's not the same for everybody i'm not here to preach to tell people this is what i'm doing and this is the right way i and i don't want it to be interpreted as that as that but based on our circumstances and and the profession that my wife has chosen and the responsibilities and the time that takes, I really had to take a step back and realize, you know, um, maybe that dream um, and the romance of, of, to me, being an airline pilot, maybe that doesn't fit into what we need. So she never, and I'm, again, I'll, I'll loop it back to, to I'm a lucky man to have um, 
uh, a, a partner in my life like Stephanie, um, she never pushed me down that road. She let me drive it to sort of bring it into the lead dad or, you know, lead dad or, or being a more present parent uh, and being home. Right. So she never pushed that. It was, it was driven by me, but supported by her. Um, so that's kind of how we came to that. I'm not sure if we got to the, to the nitty gritty on that one. That's all right. So yeah. was your son born when you left uh, Air Canada or? Yeah, yeah, he was. So he was, uh, he's a, an April baby. And then um, I, I took a leave from the company in the summertime. So, right. you know, it was, it was the birth. It was that, you know, you, you can plan, but whether or not you execute on that plan is different, right? So we planned. And then reality happened and we had to shift. So, um, so yeah, Will was around and I realized I wanted, I wanted to be home. I needed to be home. And I had, you know, I had the means to do that. So that's, uh, you know, it's not for everybody, but, but that's kind of the direction we took it. Right. But also, is it fair to say that your wife is a physician? Maybe she had less control over her schedule and less yeah. you had a bit more control to sort of make this pivot. Is that fair? Exactly. No, for sure. And, and you know, um, you, you take a step back and you think about, especially during uh, the pandemic, the role that she was playing was was very important too. And again, I'm not here to say, you know, I'm a saint, I'm a savior, but, you know, you really have to take a step back and think about the bigger picture um, from our family unit perspective. Uh, and yeah, she, she did have a less flexible job and less flexible opportunity. Um, and if you look back at, you know, the, the partnerships of 40, 50, 60 years ago, it's kind of flipped in terms of the breadwinner too. So I'm, um, you know, uh, not to talk income, but, but that, that decided, you know, 30, 40 years ago, who stayed home and, and, uh, that sort of, uh, pushed me to maybe revisit my career choices mm -hmm. to enable me to be home, uh, because it wasn't just wasn't just me that was providing, right? I, I get it, Dave. This is the same situation yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm in that I've been in for 13 years that I wrote about in the the New York Times. But I always figure, like, instead of like forcing it and saying, "Okay, well, I'm still the man. I need to go out and just just say, like, you know what? We're a partnership, and if we're going to be a partnership, one of us is going to be the lead parent. You could be a lead dad. You could be the lead mom. But mm -hmm. in the case of you and me, we're we're the lead dads. And yeah, I don't know. I mean, I find it. I can't have anything more rewarding and to, to balance everything. Um, but I have to ask you in terms of, yeah. you know, you must've been in some pretty hairy situations, which you're not going to tell me for 20 years, uh, <laughs> in the air force, but I can, you know, romanticize it. You know, I, I've sure. seen enough Jerry Bruckheimer, I've seen enough Jerry Bruckheimer movies to understand how you're coming in and all that. But when you think of like, you know, the craziest, hairiest day you had in the air force and then compare it to the day at home when you're trying to organize everything with a really serious day job, let's be honest, if COVID allows a certain among us to work from home, but you are working for Transport Canada. That's a serious uh, day job. Yet your son is absolutely going bonkers, like losing his SHIT. What have you? What would you have taken from that time in the Air Force of of managing a stressful situation and relate it to being a lead dad and parenting? Because I think that's something that the listeners might might benefit from. How do you, yeah, how do you, you know, yeah, for sure. Like and again, maybe I'll I'll start this with you know. Um, it's a partnership too. I, I don't want to say that I'm here and I, I take the brunt of the, the don't, child don't, care work. Don't be but. so self-effacing. I don't want to be, I no, want no. you to say like, you know, the prime minister had 17 cocktails in the back and I'm trying to land in Kuala Lumpur in the dark and you know. Yeah. 
Yeah, Kuala Lumpur. That was actually a great spot. Um, but uh, um, yeah, you know, it's um, this is more stressful than any day I had. And being a parent, being frustrated um, at bedtime because you know you can't communicate effectively. There's no effective communication. There's no level of crew resource management or human performance in military aviation training that can help you really communicate with a 20 month old. Um, so, you know, taking time, taking a step back and, and tagging out, I think is what, you know, um, really from my air force time, when you're, when you're challenged with a problem, you, you know, you pass off control to, to the other pilot, if you're the skipper and, and you take a second and, and really think about it. So, you know, I, I, I'll tag out, you know, if it's a stressful bedtime, because, you know, because they are, but being aware of that. And I think one thing that having will and being a parent makes me more aware of is, is how I react in stressful situations. Uh, and, you know, cause you can hear him repeat the words that you might say, uh, or the sounds that you might say, um, you know, you read the literature and you know that he's mimicking you and how he reacts in stressful situations. So I think awareness and taking that step back is, is what helps. Again, I'm not always good at it. Most of the time I'm not, you know, we're, we're working 80-20 where 20% I'm okay at it and 80% I'm a complete failure, but that's a starting point, right? Dave, thank you uh, for being on the Company of Dads podcast. This is amazing. I want to give you the final word and tell me uh, the best part for you about being a lead dad. Just, just seeing the dude every night, you know, every day he comes from home from daycare, you know, cooking dinner and garage door opens up and I see that little face in the car as it's backing in the garage. So uh, again, a bit romantic because then you have to deal with it, but it's, it's, it's being present. It's being aware. It's, it's being a role model. It's being there. It's, it's knowing that my son, um, when he's 25 or 30 or 40, will look back and, and sort of know that I, I, hopefully made a made a positive change in his life right that's fantastic thank you again dave i really appreciate your time thanks today. paul i appreciate it too